Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Glad that you decided to come back and join in and listen. If you're new here, welcome to the podcast for the very first time. I'm glad that you decided to come in and listen. Um, I want to tell you before you start listening to the podcast, please do not listen if you're in any kind of danger. Hang the phone up, dial 911, get some help. And then now I would like to share with you the National Domestic Violence Hotline number. The number is 1-800-799-7233. Again, that number is 1-800-799-7233. Today I have a very special guest. Her name is Helen McCracken. She is a thriver and advocate um, for domestic violence. And um, she is going to talk about her story. And then she's going to let us know the things that she does as a thriver, um, as an advocate. So take it away, Helen. (laughs) Hi, Misty. Thank you very much for having me today. Oh, you're welcome. And also, first, before we start, real quick, I do have your permission to record the podcast. Absolutely. Okay, cool. All right, now, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, thank you for having me. Um, And I guess I'm going to talk about uh, a a brief summary, I guess, as you will, to this podcast about um, domestic violence and trauma basically um because trauma is is obviously right a form of domestic violence and i just want to to own in on that because i was basically i was born into trauma um when my mom was pregnant with me she um she had lost both her parents by the time she was 16 and had a pretty rough childhood and when she was pregnant with me she was addicted to heroin and so i was born addicted to heroin um so that's why i say like my life started out traumatic in the womb Mm. um so and at five years old i was sexually raped by my biological brother and that happened for a couple of years and at that point um you know, when you're five years old and you don't know any better and you're scared and you're being told all sorts of different things that, you know, not to tell, um, the things that would happen to you, the repercussions if you told, um, any different scare tactic angle that abusers tell their victims, I went through as a small child, which basically put me into, you know, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn mode into my sympathetic nervous system which unfortunately is the nervous system that I grew up in, um, not knowing any better, right? Which led me to, um, and also being silenced at a very young age, it also taught me how to be very secretive and keep my, my problems and situations to myself and not open up to anyone. I was always scared to do that. Um, which later on led into unhealthy relationships in high school. I had um, an abusive boyfriend in high school. And after high school, it led me to meeting my first husband, who was a abusive, narcissistic person. Um, that was a doozy for me because I had no idea what a narcissist was. The 
kind of relationship I was in, I, I didn't even know or understand that my whole life had consumed trauma and domestic violence, which, you know, domestic violence covers all your abuses. Um, so I, yeah, I ended up marrying an, an abusive narcissistic man who not only abused me, he abused our children. Um, he same type of tactics which it took me a long time to to find forgiveness for myself because i swore that what happened to me would never happen to my children and it happened under my nose and i didn't see the signs um uh actually let me elaborate on that a little bit so i did know that he did hurt them at times when I was present at like family parties if there was too much alcohol and he lost his temper or at home and they're definitely like we argued and we fought about it and he was getting help and treatment and you know playing the part the card that he's doing better getting better however I did not know that when I was not home that he was abusing the kids without me being there and I I had a few um gut feeling that he was doing that and when I confronted the kids and talked to them about it they you know like me they were programmed to to protect their abuser and that's exactly what they did until the day my daughter came home and told me that you know that he what was happening to them and that basically it wasn't happening to her on a physical aspect more emotionally and psychologically but that he was abusing our son physically verbally and emotionally mm. so Mm-hmm. Um, it was devastating by far. Um, I um, so I immediately filed for divorce and um, an order of protection. And when we started the court process, is when I found out, you know, that they labeled me and told me that he was a narcissist and I was in this domestic violent marriage and I was this battered woman and all of these this whole new world that I knew nothing about existed and I was very much involved in it. Um, so I started learning about different resources and reaching out to different support groups and um, was able to start my healing journey. It was really hard in the real world because my family and friends and all of the, the effects of being with someone who was a narcissist, the smear campaigns, the gaslighting, all of the things that they can do to destroy you, he did. Um, and that was really, really hard. It was hard. I was scared out of my mind. Um, my kids were scared. We had, like I said, orders of protections and he kept violating them and there was no repercussions. Um, sort of bought his way through court. Uh, my mom was with me for almost the three years of the laborious uh court fightings and I eventually I won and I won sole exclusive custody of my kids um, with no contact for them so he has been out of their life for almost 10 years um, and we're all doing amazing and healing and growing um, but you know unfortunately my son has some permanent damage on his brain from the abuse which we just found out this past January through MRIs which we had MRIs previously and they were not able to detect the damage because he had braces on his teeth. Um, that's a story for a whole nother day. 
But um, so after the divorce was final, about six months later, my son confided at school to his counselor that he had been sexually being abused mm. by his biological father. Mm. Um, that that hurt deeper than everything else. Um, my worst nightmare right unfolding before me and we went through two years of trying to fight that and the whole legal system and we were unsuccessful because so many years had passed from when the incidents happened from to when he was finally comfortable and felt safe enough to disclose this information um which led us to, you know, two different attempts two years in a row in 2016 and 17. And um, we were eventually told after the second time trying to prosecute him and and hold him accountable for what he had done, um, we were recommended to, to move on with our life and leave like move, move out of state. So that's exactly what we did. We upped and left our house, our home that I lived in Chicago my whole life for 40 years. And in five months, upped and moved to Arizona for a fresh start and to start over. And throughout this whole time, over the past 10 years, my kids and I, had we had all been in therapy, um, doing our best to heal. And it's, it's hard, but it's definitely well worth it and you can do it and you can get your life back. Amen. <laughs> yes, amen. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, I know I'm kind of like all over the place. It's again, it's hard to... The no, you're, you're actually years. great. You're actually doing great. Um, it's just, I think that it's really hard to talk about um, as far as your, your son goes because that's something that, you know, your worst nightmare coming true, you know. It, it it is hard but I have found healing in it and wow. in order for me to do this work um, I have to find healing and be detached mm-hmm. from it right. does that make sense yes because I, I can't help people if I am still very much involved and like I said we have we have gone through the healing and we can't go back and change it all we can do is be better today and now and move forward wow. and my hun, my son we still have a bit of you know a ways to go and unfortunately he does have some brain damage and he is a bit slower with some things so things take a little bit longer but we're getting there one day at a time and he's happy and he's healthy and that's that's what matters wow. um well one downside of of the what happens is he has seizures from the mm-hmm. brain damage, from the contusions to the head that he experienced as a child. Um, but he's on medicine and we have him under control and he's living the best life that he possibly can be living. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, well, how about this train of thought? How about what you do now as an advocate? Because I know you do some pretty amazing things. And, you know, like we was talking before the podcast, you're not just an advocate. You are a trauma recovery specialist. And, you know, you do a lot of things. I do. I have, um, like I had mentioned, I, I never dreamed that I would find my 
myself in this situation and you know it's it's a cycle it's a generational pattern my mom was it her first husband was extremely abusive i found myself in it you know and now i'm breaking the cycle um and after finding out what had happened to my children and i it really just it it became my passion to to want to get out there and help people and heal and come out on the other side and not like my voice was taken from me at a very young age and i don't know after everything came out about my son it just it gave me a, a it burned a fire in me that you know this is what i'm here to do this is part this is my journey this is what god put me on this planet for right is to, yeah. to help others and empower others and you know because we do as is victims why we're living through these experiences half the time not even understanding or knowing we just think it's normal right mm-hmm. to to be belittled or to be slapped or you know that one person controls all the finances to all, all of the things if you don't know better how can you do better right um so i've over the past several years have taken several courses and have become a certified master NLP practitioner and EFT practitioner, a hypnotherapist, um, a success in life coach, a transformation coach. Um, I work with law of attraction, uh, time techniques. I also am big into energy and do energy healing. I do all sorts of different modalities, but I am holistic as I very much believe that mind, body, soul is all connected into completely heal and become whole you have to have everything healed in the light our mind body and soul because if our mind's not right it manifests in our body mm-hmm. and you know it's it's all connected right definitely so yes yeah, so i i have i run a practice with helping clients and the trauma recovery specialist and then also so we moved from chicago to arizona four years ago and i opened up a nonprofit called hm3 advocate mm-hmm. which is you know we are in the ground breaking phases which is a holistic approach to mm-hmm. healing which is something that's kind of different in this realm right. um but it's something that i I embodied myself. I went through everything that I have learned about. I pretty much experienced. Wow. If that makes sense. Um, so we were a holistic nonprofit and looking to grow. And right now we offer safety planning and education and advocacy and life coaching and group support and um, just different modalities for healing on the holistic side. And, you know, I think that that is a beautiful service that y'all provide. And I think that there's many women out here that that will listen to this podcast and they will be like, how do I get in touch with Miss Helen McCracken? Because I'm needing her service. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah. I, I can. I also do, I want to mention another project that's mm-hmm. about to unfold because I think that's going to be huge for, for anyone out there that needs um it needs resources and to hear from other women that have gone through domestic violence. Um, I'm part of a book project with nine other women called, and the book is called Pound She Wins Two. It's the it's the second version of this book. Uh, Alicia Devine is the main author facilitator. She did Pound She Wins, I believe in 2019. And now 
we have written the second book pound she went to which is all survivors actually thrivers that are you know have come out on the other side of domestic violence and are giving back in their communities and doing something and creating nonprofits or you know different ways to help give back to women so that they can feel empowered and know they're not alone and that you can heal and come out on the other side of it yes I love that. Yes. yes. And that's so true. And, you know, I know that there's probably some young women that are listening and there, there may even be some victims of domestic violence that are like in shelters or maybe they've taken their cell phones and they're hiding somewhere listening to the podcast. And would there be what would there what would you say to them? The one thing that maybe you would want to to like send a message to them, what would be that one thing? To, to victims that do not know uh, questioning if you're in a domestic violence relationship, um, you can go to our website, uh, www.hm3.me, and we have um, different things on there for red flags and warning signs, the effects of domestic violence on adults and children. We got education on there that you can learn about because I think a lot of times the first time the first step is understanding and realizing the situation you're in yes you know because a lot of times we don't want to admit it and even though like for me i knew that things were not healthy right but i didn't know how wrong they really were Mm -hmm. and how psychologically like how everything's connected it that we become trauma bound and how it affects our nervous system and you know epigenetics and how trend um generational uh, domestic violence it gets passed down so I would say to start educating yourself Mm -hmm. and if you you know if you have any of these red signs to really look at yourself and you know reach out for help Um, you can reach out to me you can reach out to the national uh, domestic violence hotline you can reach out to every state has uh, state coalitions mm-hmm. that you can go online and Google and they can give you information or again you can go straight to the National Domestic Service um, hotline and they can give you resources in your counties and your states. Right, definitely. Yeah, um, that's yeah. that's a main thing for me. You know, I, I give that number out um, at, at the top of each podcast and um, it is a wonderful tool and resource and they've They've got the. They've built their webs. Their web page also has got a lot of information on it. Um, yes, it does absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, the other thing I would like to say is to to any victims or survivors out there that are stuck and don't feel like you know aren't feeling very worthy of themselves because that, that's what our abusers do, right? They make us feel worthless. Like you are worthy and you so deserve to find healing and live your best life. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's not easy. It's I'm not going to lie and say, you know, it's all rainbows and unicorns because it's hard and you, you're changing the whole trajectory of your life when you mm-hmm. make that first move to leave. Um, but you're so worth it and you, you can and will find happiness after you leave. It's just getting that first step and you're not alone. And like I said, there's a lot of help out there. There's a lot of support out there. You can reach out to me. I can give you um, different um, social media support groups that you can join. Um, you are not alone, and together we're we're stronger. Right. You know, domestic violence and sexual violence, like they thrive in our silence. Yeah, they do. 
Yeah, silence is violence. I mean, you know, whenever you sweep it under the rug, it makes it worse. And, you know, which for me, in my case, when I was abused and, you know, I won't get into my story or none of that, but um, probably to even speak on anything that had to do with abuse. But, you know, then, I mean, I didn't know what abuse was. Domestic violence wasn't a thing then. So, I mean, not for me or not for my situation. And I didn't even know what it meant. So, you know, that goes back to the education part of it. And, um, you know, just be aware at the time that you speak about anything, just be aware that you need to be in a safe environment, you know, mm-hmm. with it. Because sometimes that that's going to make, I mean, I, well, it's not sometimes, it's going to make your abuser mad. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> if you're listening to a podcast and they walk up and hear you, you know, it could, it could result in something very bad too, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it's sad but true. I mean, domestic violence has really only been recognized since 1980. So what's the last 40 years? That you know, before that, it really like it it was okay in society's eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, different things if a man hit his wife or hit his woman, and like it, it's not okay. And you know, I really just want to say that if you are in the situation, please do not be afraid to reach out for help. Yeah. you know because it it's it's going to change your life wow. and you are not alone and it's scary it's it's the hardest step to do is first you know admitting and recognizing what you're in this the situation and then making that first step but like as a society that's part of my big mission too is to normalize these conversations you know if anything we've all experienced it last year we've all been through tra- trauma wow. with covid and the pandemic and everything that's transpired you know it you know we need to normalize these conversations about domestic violence and mental health and you know being vulnerable it's okay to ask for help right wow. Yeah, because a lot of times victims won't come out and talk because of the stigma behind domestic violence. They don't want to be, you know, victim shamed and they don't want to be judged for, you know, for being in it, you know, because so many people, ju- you know, have the judgment. Well, why don't you just leave? You know, that's always the number one thing. And that's, that's something yes. that we need to try to get away from. Why don't you just leave? Yes, I actually, I wrote a a small poem on that last year, Why Doesn't She Just Leave? That's like the number one most insensitive and most common response you get Mm -hmm. from someone is, well, why do you stay? Why did she leave? Mm -hmm. And the question really should be is, why is he abusing her? Right, right. You know, and especially if someone does try to open up to you, you know, try to be his empathetic as you can because you might be that one and only person that this victim is reaching out to and if if they don't feel safe it can shut them down and then put them back in horrible harmful situations yes definitely and you know that that goes back to whenever i was abused you know the police department the there was a cop called out on the scene and you know i didn't abuse him at all but he abused me and the first thing that was said was okay well you are both going to jail and that was all it took that's all it took you know i never called the police never made a report and that is one thing i think also um i think that 
police departments need to be trained. That's a whole another subject, you know. But there's just so many right, and there's so many things that when it comes to domestic violence, we could just sit and talk for hours and days upon it. You know, Absolutely. this could change or that. The, yeah, the police, the judicial system, our attorneys, yes. all of them. Need yes. to be educated on domestic violence. Agreed. And narcissism <laughs> across the board. Like, yes. Unfortunately, the, you know, as you know, being an advocate, and you, you have to pick one branch of it right. to focus on because all of it needs help. Right. It needs more more people. You know, more people stepping up and advocating and and trying to, to make a difference. Yes true yes because a lot of people i know like me personally i i didn't even share into that part about the the five years of the bullshit with the court system and the police and the attorneys and the gals and uh the mediators like all of it you name it we things were so bad i'll just say i wrote a letter to president obama myself trying to get for help because i couldn't get anywhere to the bar associations like you name it i reached out for that resource and ultimately got nowhere wow and unfortunately sometimes it's that way for a lot of a lot of victims for domestic violence they 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 can't get anywhere they can't get any help uh the sheriff's department don't want to help them or the attorneys or the judges or you know all of it it just kind of trickles downhill and you know there's a real sad case out of um i think it's madison alabama that just happened recently and it was involving a child and the mother was stressing you know that the husband had been abusive and they were going through a nasty divorce and um social services had been called out about his abuse and they went ahead and allowed the child to go anyway okay go on be with your abusive father well the baby's dead now yeah the little boy the little boy got killed this just happened so oh, his blood so is on all of their hands now. Mm-hmm. You know? Unfortunately, that happens all the time. And that's so sad that we live, here it is, 2021, and here we're still living. It's like we're kind of living in the dark ages still. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, where is the, where is the justice? Well, and what's so hard to fathom is it's like, it's, it's obvious and it's been prevalent right all the all the violence that that we have seen on a a global um on a go on a global plane and it's like people act so surprised that this is happening within our homes Mm -hmm. you know and it's like how do not more people want to do better and and help and you know especially in those authoritative roles that we need you know the the justice system and all the different branches of it to be educated on this so because a lot of times it's usually the victim that snaps and then the abuser calls the police and then the wrong person's going to jail right yeah like there's so many patterns and it's just it's it's just sad that the people that that can do something about it seem to be lacking the most education when they they should be having the most right i know it and and it's frustrating for advocates and survivors thrivers you know it's 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 really frustrating for us to sit back and see all these different things like this that go on 
you know, and yes. we sort of feel in, in, in that moment, we're helpless, you know, because we're the ones that's supposed to, we feel, you know, I don't know if you feel this way, but I, I, I kind of just feel like I should have been there. I should have helped that person or you know, where was I at to be able to, you know, you can't be in all spots at one time and, you know, the need for advocacy right. is, is, a, is just very, very large. There's, there needs yes. to be more advocates. There needs to be yes. more people fighting for women and for rights and, and you know, for domestic violence laws. So when the laws yes. change, hopefully somewhat of the society will change with it. You know, I don't know how true that's going to be. We'll have to wait and see. But, you know, that's another podcast. <laughs> But, um, and we're almost out of time. We got like a minute left, so I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Okay. Um, but I've, I've enjoyed this podcast and, and guys, now Helen, if anyone need, anyone need to come, gosh, I can't even speak now. If anybody <laughs> needs to come find you, where are they going to be able to locate you? Go ahead and plug the rest of your stuff real quick. Oh, okay. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at HM3 Trauma Coach and at HM3 Advocate and on Facebook you can find me at HM3 Advocate or again HM3 Trauma Recovery Specialist or even my main page because I do post quite a bit of stuff on there too which is just Helen Marie one word and then McCracken M-C-C-R-A-C-K-E-N okay alrighty well guys I appreciate you all coming and listening go check Helen out she's a wonderful person she is a thriver wonderful advocate she does all so I could say a million things um but thank you for coming in and listening I love you guys thank you for supporting the podcast if you want to support her podcast and if you want to donate um then go to uh survivor podcast 43 and that is the I think it's the cash whatever you call it I just got it hooked to the podcast. So if anyone want to donate, if you want to donate uh, a review, you can go and review us at iTunes. Give us a good update and a good review. Uh, We love you. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Hey, guys, if you would like to donate and help boost Helen McCracken's episode or anyone's episode, that fact, Please go to my cash out. It is located at hashtag Survivor Podcast 43. Our money sign Survivor Podcast 43. That is the cash out for the podcast. So please go donate if it's not but $2 or a dollar. Anything that you can give to help boost the podcast and to help listeners listen in on this beautiful story of how she thrived and now she helps women all over the place, uh, you know, get their healing. So um, please go donate and thank you very much for listening. I love you guys so much. God bless. Bye-bye.